Hello, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of Infinite Basketball. I'm your host, Alex, and we'll get started. Um, Sorry, guys, it's been a while since my last episode, but here we are. Um, hope you liked the last one. Um, and so today, we're going to, I'm going to share with you guys my top five MVP candidates for um, this NBA season so far. Um, and then I'm going to give you uh, what I think are the top five draft mistakes of all time. Okay? So we'll start with the MVP candidates. Um, and so the stats, I have a lot of stats to give you guys. Um, the stats are as of April 10th because I've been working on this since April 10th and it'd be kind of annoying to just uh, next day to have to refresh the stats and all that. So uh, stats are as of April 10th. Um, and yeah, so I'll start with honorable mentions. Well, actually, first, these are the nine guys this season that I think could qualify for this list. You could probably make the argument for any of these guys being top five, I think. So here they are. Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Giannis, James Harden, LeBron, Steph Curry, and Damian Lillard. Okay, and and if Kevin Durant and uh, if Kevin Durant and James Harden or not James Harden, sorry, Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis weren't injured and out for so much of the season, they'd probably be on this list too. Um, Chris Paul is also a good one to mention. But these are the nine guys I have. And so when I hand out these stats to you guys, um, the order I'm going to say, so like, for example, I have uh, I have rebound percentage, which I'll explain in a second. I, number one's Giannis. Number two is Jokic. And number three is Embiid. That's out of these nine guys I mentioned. Okay. Because that makes – I think that makes it pretty interesting because it's out of the nine – top MVP candidates in the league. And so if I name the top three out of the nine, I think that makes it really cool. So, um, so yeah, so um, number five. So first honorable mentions. The top, my top three honorable mentions for this list were Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic. Um, why did these guys not make it? Um, Curry, I mean, He's done really well and had a great game last night versus Jason Tatum. 47 points, 11 threes. I mean, this guy's just going bonkers right now. He's playing super good basketball. Um, And he definitely deserves a mention for this list. But right now, I'd probably have him at six. Remember, it's not the end of the season yet. So by the time the end of the season comes, he'll probably be in this top five because he's going – because – in like three of the last four games, I think, he scored at least 10 threes. It's crazy. Last night versus Tatum and the Celtics, he scored 11 threes. Night before, I think it was 10. Or night before, it might have been four. And then it was like 10 the game before that, and then 11 the game before the 10. So, I mean, he's just going crazy with the threes right now. He's trying to break Clay Thompson's record, his his teammate, but is injured right now, of uh, – 14 threes in a game. So, anyways, Curry's going crazy right now. But the guys that I have in front of him 
have had more success within the team, which is something that's really important when you're naming MVP candidates is team success. Um, so yeah, and then Kawhi, his team's doing well and all. I mean, Kawhi was just a tough guy to leave out. And then Luca, kind of the same thing as Curry. They're seventh in the uh, the West. Um, I mean, this really was a pretty hard list to end on. But I think uh, numbers five and four on this list just did so much help with the team. So the number five MVP candidate is LeBron. Um, he's not too high on the list this year because one, because of his injuries and two, just because the first four guys have just been bonkers this season. Um, LeBron is doing very well this season, um, in points, uh, points out of all these guys, the nine guys, um, number one is Curry. Number two is Lillard and number three, or sorry, number one's Curry. Number two is Embiid. Number three is Lord. So LeBron's not top five in points, but in assist percentage. Now, assist percentage is, is an advanced stat. Um, I think it's actually, it works uh, better instead of just the normal assist because the normal assists tell how many assists you get, of course, per game. But assist percentage shows uh, the percentage of how many assists um, your of baskets your team makes. So how many assisted baskets um, you get while you're on the floor? Percentage of the shots made. So it's it's actually not too complicated, and um, and so it, this is like when you're on the floor only. So how many assists you get? It's a percentage of how many assists you're, you get while you're on the floor, and it's out of how many shots your team made while you're on the floor. It's a better way to put it. Um, and so number one is James Harden out of all this. Number two is Luka Doncic. Number three is LeBron. So, so yeah, and if we just did it by normal assist, uh, number one would be Harden. Number two is Jokic. Number three is Doncic. And so Jokic has – actually out of these guys played 35 and a half minutes in LeBron on the other hand has played 34. So since Jokic has had more time on the floor to get more assists than LeBron, his assist number is higher, but LeBron's assist percentage is higher. I think that's why I think assist percentage is more valuable because if you play all 48 minutes, you have a more, more of a chance to get more assists than someone else and assist percentage it's a lot better, I think, because it just keeps tracks of what you do while you're on the floor. Because really, if you just track assist, how much times you're on the bench really affects how many assists you get because then you have less time to do it and all. That's why I think assist percentage is really helpful. So then we find out that when LeBron's on the floor and Ryokic is on the floor, LeBron actually assists on more of his team's baskets. So, anyways, that's what I have behind that stat. And um, other things LeBron was in the top and is actually defensive rating. Out of all these guys, he has number one defensive rating. I was pretty surprised by that. And, oh, by the way, everyone, uh, these stats are as of April 10th, if I haven't already said that. I think I did, actually. Um, 
And so, yeah, LeBron, anyways, LeBron's number one in defensive rating. So that's, I mean, I was pretty surprised like that because in his prime with Miami, he was so good on the defensive end. And I thought he really has slipped down a little bit, but he's top 10 in the league. That really surprised me. Um, so he's still going at it. Bucks plus minus. LeBron is third uh, out of these nine guys. Um, net rating, he's third. Net rating, that's another uh, advanced stat. It's your offensive rating minus your defensive rating. So the highest, the higher the net rating, the better, because you want your offensive rating to be high and your defensive rating to be low. So the higher net rating, the better. Um, and then real box plus minus, another advanced stat. LeBron is first, and that that was as of uh, yesterday. And so, yeah, so a lot of advanced stats, LeBron's in the lead, and that's that's really why a big reason why he's here. Um, and also, uh, you can also point out the impact LeBron has been having on his team. That's another important thing when you're talking about MVP candidates because his impact on the team, I mean, look at the Lakers since he went down with the ankle injury um, versus the Hawks. I mean, the the Lakers' record has been about, about around 500. Um, and with LeBron, it's definitely a lot better than that. And it's even harder without Anthony Davis um, being out a lot, too. So that's something you can keep in mind, because the Lakers are now, like, fifth in the West, and they were up around third when LeBron was there. So yeah, team impact. So box plus minus is a good way to argue that, and um, and definitely what the record was if you were injured. Um. So yes, this is that's why those are some reasons I think LeBron is the number five MVP candidate. And don't sleep on him just because he's injured. I mean, this is from the whole year so far. Like I know people do like MVP like power rankings and stuff like that. And it changes over the week, but this is over the whole year so far. Um, number four is Damian Lillard. Okay, now this guy, the big reason why he's here is because of how much he, how much of load he had to carry while he was with the Blazers, while CJ McCollum and uh, Nurkic were out, because they were they were out for like, I think McCollum was out for. Like around twenty some games or something, um, in Lillard and the clutch. That was the big story while they were out, and the Blazers actually had a winning record over that time. And like, if you adjusted their record right and stuff, um, the Blazers would actually have a losing record, but they have a winning record mainly because of Lillard's clutch uh, play. And they were they were like a they had a huge. The Blazers had a huge plus minus, huge good plus minus when Lillard was on the floor in the clutch. I mean, he's just made countless shots. Like when I look at the play by play, like at the end of a game of a close game from the Blazers, it just seems like it's always Lillard who's gotten the game winner or the clutch shot. Um, so Lillard's team impact has been awesome. And his uh, clutch shooting numbers have not been great versus the all-star break, but his Box plus minus is still pretty good in the clutch since the All Star break. Um, so yeah, Damian Lillard. 
mainly because of the injuries and all that. And he's also an underrated passer. Like he's, I think I saw he was averaging like seven seven point seven assists per game. I'm not so sure about his assist percentage, but that's definitely a part he's underrated in because people remember, people think of him as like a Steph Curry kind of guy, a guy who uh, likes to shoot deep threes. Uh, as a good score, but they don't think of Curry and uh, Lillard as passers. And that's something I think Lillard is very underrated in. Um, and so some advanced stats for Lillard. Um, let's see here. Yeah, he's he's higher um, on the assist percentage part. Um, and then the team record for, for Lillard was – is pretty good actually. I believe they are fifth in the West right now. Um, so yeah, it's just really how much load that that stretch that Lillard had, where he had to carry so much for the Blazers. That's that's a good sign of an MVP candidate. Like last year, he had a lot of injured guys around him, and the Blazers finished eighth after the bubble because they had people healthy and all. But this year, Blazers are fifth in the West. And Lillard had a long stretch of people injured that he had to carry the load. He just did so well over that. So, yes, Damian Lillard is number four. Number three, I have Giannis. Now, this might be high for some people, um, but Giannis is number one. Um, I mean, number three, sorry. I don't know why I said number one. Um Number three, after winning two straight MVPs, I think he's I think he's he's got the third best chance right now to win it. And out of those nine guys that I mentioned at the beginning, Giannis has the number one rebounding percentage. Rebounding percentage is uh, the percentage of rebounds you can get while you're on the floor. Giannis is number one, even over guys like Jokic, Embiid, big men. Um, and Giannis also has the, the third best PER over the third best, only Jokic and Embiid ahead of him. Um, let's see in true shooting percentage. Um, he has a non-true shooting percentage actually, but he, Giannis does have the second best net rating. Um, his net rating is actually better than LeBron's. And is is second out of the nine guys. Kawhi is first. Um, box plus minus. Giannis is second. Jokic is the only one ahead of him. And he's third in win shares. Win shares just basically tells how many wins, uh, how much you're helping. So when uh, to a win, how much you're contributing to a win. So. Uh, so being third in win shares just tells that, yeah, how how much he's been doing to the wins that that the Milwaukee Bucks have gotten. Um, so yeah, there's some advanced stats Giannis is in. He's in a lot of them. Um, but yeah, I think the advanced stats help his case. Uh, that definitely helps his case a lot. And the fact that the Bucks, they're they're only, I mean, they're third in the East. So that's, I mean, that's no nothing short of accomplishment. Only the Sixers and Nets are ahead of the box currently. And so 
Yep, so that's 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 why Giannis is number three. And number two, we've got Joel Embiid. Um I mean this guy has just been crazy. This was a while, like a few weeks ago, probably. I watched the Celtics play the Sixers. Celtics just literally had no way to stop Embiid. I mean, he was shooting threes. He kept going inside, kept going to the line. That's what he's been really good at this year. Um, he's been getting to the line a ton of game. Like, I see him get, like, 17 attempts at the line in the box score, and I'm like, what? And his percentage is also very good. And, by the way, if you want to talk true shooting percentage, he has third best out of the nine guys. And rebounding percentage, he's third. Uh, second best defensive rating. Um Second best defensive rating. Let's see what else he's in. Block percentage. How many uh, How many blocks per, you know, while they're on the floor, how many you're capable of blocking. Embiid's first out of the nine guys. And he thinks he should win defensive player of the year, of course, and all that. But, and really, he, he has a good chance to win it. I mean, he, in some defensive stats, he's really – He's really high up there, like defensive rating, like I just mentioned. Um, and there's a few other ones, too. Like, let's see. Um, real box plus minus, actually. Embiid's third. Um, let's see. PER, Embiid's second. So he's, he's really high on these um, advanced stats. In the Sixers, how about... The team play, that's what I was really looking for when I was making this list. Sixers are the number one team in the East. No one expected that. In my standings, I thought they'd be four at the end of the year, number four. Now I'm thinking they'll probably stick with the number one. Um, and sure, Embiid has had a lot of help, but he's been so good on both ends of the floor. has been rebounding the ball really well and just gets to the line a bunch. I mean – Definitely the most important player for the Sixers right now. Um, yeah, so that's why I have Embiid number two. I mean, he just combines offense and defense with team success. It's just amazing. Number one, I've got Nikola Jokic. Um, number one, I mean, this guy, the team success has been very solid for the for the Nuggets this year. They are, I believe they are fourth in the West, and the only teams ahead of them are the the Jazz, the Suns, and the Clippers, I believe. So, team success has been very good. Three teams above them. And by the way, talking about the Nuggets, really sad about Jamal Murray being with the ACL tear, being out the rest of the year. Might miss some of next season. I mean... The injuries this year for the, some of these players have been crazy. And speaking of injuries, Jokic has been has played almost like every game for the Nuggets this year. Another important thing when you're talking about MVP. Um, I was watching the Nuggets play. I think it was like last weekend. Um, I mean, the Nuggets offense is just lost without Jokic on the floor. That's another thing, impact impact he has on the floor like the it was versus the Celtics and the Celtics had the game or they had like a long run and Jokic was on the bench for a lot of that run 
And I mean, they were just lost out there without Jokic. I mean, he's the centerpiece of the offense. His he has the second most assist uh, assist percentage. I bet he's fourth if I didn't just do the top three. Um, but that's the big thing when you're talking about big men <clears throat> is how he can pass. And even though his defense might not be very good, it's his passing that makes up for it. Rebounding percentage, Jokic is second. Jokic is very high in a lot of these advanced stats here. Let's see. If you want to talk steals percentage, that's right. Steals percentage, Jokic is second, even above guards like Curry, Luka Doncic, um, Lillard, Harden, guys like those. He's even above those in steals percentage. And he's not in the top three in blocks percentage. But... Wow, steals percentage. He's number one in the league in PER. Or, yeah, actually in the whole league. Um, number one out of the nine guys in true, per, true shooting percentage. I mean, he's been shooting around 40% from three. He doesn't shoot a lot of them, but, but when he does, that's a stat that proves that he that he shoots some where he knows he can make them. And... Let's see, he's number one in box plus minus and number one in win shares. Number two in offensive rating. So those are some stats that show team impact and how well he's been on the offensive floor, how efficient he's shooting, and even on defensive end with the steals percentage. Um, now let's talk about uh, how Embiid is second, Jokic is one. Yeah, now this was a really close race. Between one and two. And here's what I thought about when I did this. So I know um, Jokic is, I mean, they're both really good at scoring. Like Embiid might have a slight edge in that actually. And then, yeah, Embiid is a second out of these nine guys in scoring. He's a center. So he's probably, he's definitely, um, I mean, I won't say definitely, but he's probably is a better scorer, even though Jokic is a very efficient scorer. <clears throat> and then if you think about rebounding, Jokic has a slight edge in rebounding percentage. And then assist percentage, that definitely goes to Jokic. And Embiid, he's not known for his passing, but he does get to the line a lot, which is something he's better than Jokic at. But um, and then the defensive end is where Embiid gets Jokic big, like, where Jokic gets MB big on the passing end. So, and then the advanced stats, I mean, Jokic is leading Embiid in uh, win shares, box plus minus, um, true shooting percentage, PER, uh, steals percentage, um, rebounding percentage, and assist percentage. So all those advanced stats there. The edge went to Jokic, and that's that's a big part of why uh, I have him as first. And also, he's been there with his team for so many of the games, uh, even though the Nuggets aren't first in their conference. I got to say, the Western Conference is probably tougher than the Eastern Conference right now, especially with the Jazz and the Suns already getting over 40 wins for the season, 40 or more. So, um, yeah, that's really why I have – the Joker as number one. Again, the list is number five, LeBron, number four, Damian Lillard, number three, Giannis, number two, Embiid, number one, Nicole Jokic. 
and this list could change towards the end of the year. I'll probably do another episode on this um, whenever the MVP comes out, and I'll tell you if I agree. Um, so yes, these are my these are the top five MVP candidates I think right now, and we'll take a short break, and then we'll get to what I think are the top five draft mistakes of all time. Okay, guys, on to the next topic of the top five NBA draft mistakes of all time. Um, before we get started, the the mistakes are no uh, longer than 1976 because there was uh, random choosing in this year of the draft. And um, this is actually also the first – this is actually also the first year um, – where there was more than 20 teams in the NBA. Um, Sporting News also did a good article on this. That was uh, their list. They did a really helpful list. They did something a little bit different. But their their list was also since 1976. And if you like what I'm about to say, you should maybe want to check out their list too. Um, Got some good ideas from them. Um. So, um, so for the top five mistakes, um, I'm going to have like, so, uh, trying to think of a good example. So this was an honorable mention for this list. Okay. Um, so in the 2003 NBA draft, when the Pistons selected Darko, and I don't know how to say his last name, but anyways, um, well, as we all know, Dwayne Wade was picked fifth in that draft. Um, and so that was a big mistake by the Pistons to pick to pick the Darko guy over over Dwayne Wade because Dwayne Wade turned out to be a much, much better player. And in that draft, LeBron went the number one pick. And so you can't say that the Pistons could have picked LeBron because that's not a mistake because LeBron was already picked. So, so you can't say Pistons should have selected LeBron number one because they didn't have the number one pick. Okay. Now what you can call a mistake is I don't want the, um, I don't want the, the picks like in between the, um, uh, I, I don't want too many picks in between the mistakes. So like back to the example the Pistons had the number one, the number two pick, and there were uh, two picks in between him and Dwayne Wade as the number five pick because there was still the three and the fourth pick. So with these uh, picks, I don't want there to be more than like uh, more than like three spots in between the two players. Okay, so what I'd call this mistake, the example I'm using is. Uh, is Pistons should have selected um, Dwayne Wade over Darko in the 2003 NBA draft. So they should have picked the number two guy or the number five guy, Dwayne Wade, over the number two. Okay, so that's kind of how this is working. Um, And so, yeah, I have the top five, what I think are the top five mistakes. Um, Okay, so we'll go to number five first. So this was in the 2007 NBA draft. It, this was when Greg Oden, so the Trailblazers had the number one pick. 
uh, Greg Oden, the Blazers, Trailblazers, took Greg Oden over Kevin Durant. And Greg Oden was the number one pick in the 2007 draft. And uh, the Supersonics, now the Thunder, had the number two pick in the 2007 draft. And the Blazers, they, they could choose anyone in that draft. But the point is that they missed out on Kevin Durant. And so – and. Kevin Durant got picked picked right after Greg Oden. And Greg Oden, uh, this is why it was a big mistake. Greg Oden was turned out to be nowhere near the level Kevin Durant was. Greg Oden played three only three seasons in the NBA before I'm pretty sure he was injured after that. And he averaged 8.6 rebounds and a half of an assist. Compared to Kevin Durant for his whole career so far, and he's still playing today, He's averaged 27 points, 7 rebounds, and 4 assists. So just by those stats, you could tell that was a huge mistake by the Trailblazers. Okay? So again, this mistake was by the Trailblazers. And instead of picking Kevin Durant, the number one pick, they picked Greg Oden. And Kevin Durant turned out to be a much better player. Okay, so that's the number five mistake, um, I think. And number four. Uh, is when the Timberwolves in the 2009 NBA draft, they picked Johnny Flynn over Steph Curry. And the Timberwolves had the number six pick in the draft. Steph Curry was picked the pick right after that with the seventh pick. And here's the thing. This is why this is in the top five mostly. The Timberwolves had two chances to get Curry. Because with the number five pick, the Timberwolves had the number five and the six pick. But the, the reason I didn't say that the reason I said six over seven is just, that's when Johnny Flynn got picked. And in the fifth pick, the Timberwolves selected Ricky Rubio, who was who wasn't really a mistake to get. You'd much rather have him have Steph Curry than Rubio. But I mean, Rubio turned out to be a great passer in the NBA and is actually still in the NBA. While Johnny Flynn, on the other hand, played around three seasons in the NBA, then went to other countries to play basketball. And he averaged nine points, two rebounds, four assists in the NBA. While three-time NBA champion and MVP, Steph Curry, the guy who made 11 threes last night, is first career is averaging 24 points, five rebounds, seven assists. By those stats, you can tell that was a mistake. And, yeah, so, yeah, the Timberwolves had two chances. And they picked both point guards, too, which was a little funny. But but still, they should have definitely taken uh, Curry over Johnny Flynn. You can just tell by the stats there. Um, Yeah, so, again, back to Rubio. I didn't say number five because Rubio did not turn out to be to be a mistake of getting like this, like he's a good player and he's still playing Johnny Flynn's out of the NBA. Um, and so, yeah. So with this draft stuff, it's really hard to tell how good a player really is going to be like the knocks on Curry were his athleticism, uh, his height and stuff like that. And so, so for guys like Curry, sometimes it's just hard to tell how good of an NBA player they really are going to be. Like I, d- yeah. So that's that's why I think the Timberwolves. Well, everyone can agree that the, the Timberwolves messed up in that in the draft for that pick. Number three, 
hate to say this since I'm a Hornets fan. The mistake was by the Charlotte Hornets, and they – so with the 13th pick in the 1996 NBA draft, the Hornets picked Kobe Bryant, but then they traded him to the Lakers for Vlade Devac. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But um, – so, yeah, so Kobe, the 1996 draft, there was a documentary on that probably around a week ago. I saw the first part of it. Um that really is a stacked draft. And so maybe part of the reasons Kobe was late was one, he was out of high school and the NBA hadn't had a lot of experience with players coming out of high school. And so the Hornets in the first hand didn't even want Kobe. And it's because he was out of high school. The Hornets weren't really sure what was going to happen with him if they got him. So they picked him, but it was for the Lakers really is the Lakers are putting together a deal. And here's the thing. It's all because of general manager Jerry West of the Lakers, who's now the general manager of the Clippers. But anyways, um, he saw something in Kobe that obviously the Hornets did not see. And so he set up a trade. So he would say, send Vlade Devac, who Vlade Devac was a, uh, a solid center, and he had a few seasons where he averaged a double-double. But obviously, the Hornets definitely regret this one a lot because Vlade Devac, I mean, he was good this the season right before the season Kobe was drafted. He averaged 13 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists. So pretty good. Uh, but at the time, Hornets thought they, they had a good – that was a good deal because Kobe was unproven out of high school. But, I mean – the miracle happened for the Lakers. Turns out Kobe's a five-time NBA champion. Turns out to be an MVP. And averages 25 points, five rebounds, five assists over his career. Um, I mean, as a Hornets fan, I'm just imagining how this would be if the Hornets had Kobe at the time. I mean, that would have just been great for Hornets. But the thing is, if, if the Lakers... Here's the thing. If the Lakers didn't set up this trade, the Hornets probably wouldn't even have drafted Kobe. So as a Hornets fan, I'm just hoping that I was, I mean, I'm just hoping that the, that the Hornets don't accept the deal. That would have been the best part of that. If the Hornets got Kobe, but then the Lakers asked for too much in the deal or something, and then the Hornets can't accept it. That's what I wish could have happened because then we would have had Kobe. But didn't happen. <laughs> so number two, anyways, um, it was in the 1978 NBA draft where the Pacers picked Rick Roby over Larry Bird. And Rick Roby was the number three pick. Larry was the number six pick. And obviously Larry got picked by, picked by the Celtics. Now here's the thing about this. I think uh, – Larry wasn't going to play right away or something when he when he got drafted. So that's pr- maybe why some teams passed up on him. But anyways, Rick Roby turned out to, uh, over his career, scored eight, uh, averaged eight points, five rebounds, one assist, while the great Larry Bird, three-time uh, MVP and three-time NBA champion, um, Averaged 24 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists over over his career. Okay. 
So, yeah, big mistake for the Pacers, but they they didn't they did I guess they just didn't want to wait for Larry to come out. Um, yeah, I did the Pacers here, and not uh, I I believe the Knicks had the fourth pick in the fifth. Oh gosh, I forget who had the fifth. But whoever had the fourth and fifth picks picked pretty solid players. So yeah, that's another thing about this list. Like if like the like the Knicks and then the other team had picked pretty solid players, but they still passed up on Larry Bird, which is a mistake, but they got but they got pretty good players over them. So like um and Rick Roby wasn't on the level of Larry Bird or those two players that were picked right after him. So that's why this was a bigger mistake by the Pacers than it was by the teams who got at least solid players. Um, but yeah, anyways, it was, I mean, good for the Celtics, trust in Bird. And um, so, yeah, second mistake was by the Pacers. But really, just imagine how good the Pacers would be. Like, that's like uh, – I believe Larry Bird went to basketball somewhere in Indiana. And uh, and that would have just been cool if he went to the Pacers, where he grew, where he grew up and all, or where he played college. So that would have been cool. And the number one draft mistake of all time is another one by the Portland Trailblazers. And this one, I mean, most people have this one at the top of their list is when the Trailblazers in the 1984 NBA draft, they picked Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan. Sam Bowie was the number two pick, and Michael Jordan was the number three pick. I mean, this wasn't even a debate that this one was the – they passed up on the greatest NBA player of all time. Obviously, they didn't know what he was going to turn out to be, but still, totally should have taken him. Um so, yeah, so the number one pick in this draft was Hakeem Olajuwon taken by the Rockets. So, like, I guess you could stay, say this was still somewhat of a mistake uh, from the Rockets, too. But, I mean, Hakeem Olajuwon, he was still, he's still arguably a top 10 NBA player of all time and was definitely a whole ton better than Sam Bowie, and Michael Jordan definitely was, too. Um. But, yeah, and Hakeem turned out to be the best player on two championship teams while Jordan was gone. Like, he was the guy while Jordan was playing baseball. So this wasn't a really big mistake for the Rockets. I mean, some Rockets fans might even say it really isn't barely a mistake. Obviously, they'd probably rather MJ. But anyways, Hakeem gave him two championships, so I think Rockets fans are okay with this. Um. Yeah, and Sam Bowie. So here's the reason the Blazers didn't pick Jordan. And now if they didn't have this player, they actually might pick Jordan, Clyde Drexler. Now if they had – so the Blazers had Clyde Drexler, and he was a shooting guard too. And he plays really a lot like Jordan, like can do a lot of the same stuff and all. Uh, So they were – so the Blazers are like, well, we don't need another shooting guard, especially – I mean – I mean, Drexler, we have a shooting guard, so we don't need Michael Jordan, who's also a shooting guard. So, so they're like, well, we need a big man. So they got Sam Bowie. Here's the thing about Sam Bowie. It's not like he's a bad NBA player. Like, he turned out to be an okay, an okay player. He even averaged a double-double one season. 
but nowhere even close on the level of Michael Jordan. And and the thing is, Michael Jordan could have easily played point guard or even small forward for the Blazers. Like, he played small forward a little bit out of his career and point guard. I mean, Michael Jordan was a great passer, too. People think of him as a scorer, but his passing, wow. Underrated part of his game, too. Um, so, yeah, but just imagine, how would it be if the – if the Blazers had Drexler and Jordan, guys who play alike. Uh, and, yeah, I'd say uh, since Drexler would be on his team earlier, Jordan, if the Blazers did pick Jordan with the number two pick, I'd say Michael Jordan would have more success early on in his career than he did with the Bulls. Like with the Bulls, he was great individual player, but as a team – the team didn't really make it too far until Pippen got there. So, I mean, interesting to think about how he'd fare as a partner with Drexler. And Drexler's also on the 1992 Dream Team. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I think about that. So, yeah, those are my top five. Uh, but I think of the top five NBA draft mistakes of all time. Um, hope you guys liked it. Um, yeah, the one that really haunts me is the Hornets one, of course, but the Michael Jordan one, I mean, that's just really a whole other story to think about. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys liked this episode and, um, look out for the next one soon.